0: blog talk radio blog
1: talk radio chicago's Flat business network exists to assist you the individual business owner in your efforts to reach the next level of service and growth we have some powerful resources in chicago Open the door to opportunity at chicagosblackbusinessnetwork.com. Enter, there is no charge. At chicagosblackbusinessnetwork.com, we are here to network, are you? Join us today and touch the world. Hundreds of members are waiting to connect. Chicago's Black Business Network is dedicated to the legacy of the late Mayor Harold Washington. Let us not forget his service to the city of Chicago. Welcome to Chicago's Black Business Network dot com on Blog Talk Radio for Tuesday, November 3rd, 2009. This is your host, Sonia Purdue. CBBN on Blog Talk Radio is a promotional tool for the members of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Currently, our organization has more than 500 members. After the opening announcement, you were listening to a real old, real good song by the Pointer Sisters. I like that so much. Yes, we can, can, yes, we can. Tonight's show is a new segment called CBBN Talk. This is where we talk about what's on the minds of our members and what's going on in their businesses and their communities and in their world. This discussion can be political, musical, or entertaining. It can be serious or fun. Chicago's Black Business Network Is growing stronger every day, and we want you to come over and join us, stop by, and see us. This show and our website are both dedicated to Mayor Harold Washington. It is our way of giving respect to his memory and to all that he did for the city of Chicago. He was our mayor from 1983 until his death in November of 1987, and we are dedicated to keeping his name up front, and on the minds of the people of this city. We're going to go to our phone lines early. We have a lot of things to do this evening. We have a lot of announcements to make. We're expecting Ron Carter, who is the editor for, South Side, for the Southside Journal, who is also the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. He's going to come in and do a recap for us of what took place on October 31st at the Black Wall Street Chicago Summit that was held at the Chicago Urban League. But we want to go to the phone lines because Miss Bobby Johnson is on a line and she has uh she stepped out of a meeting to be with us this evening. So we want to go to our phone lines and we wanna m- welcome Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson, you're on the line. How are you this evening?
2: Hello. How um you I doing? was a- fine. I was able to get that meeting finished. Um I oh. also I also have um, Kalila Camacho-Ali, a.k.a. Belinda Boyd, from back in the day, on the line okay. with me.
3: We okay. can kind of –
2: because she used to um, be one of the photo women at um, Ebony um, Johnson Publication Company when she was a teenager before she married Muhammad Ali, and she used to work – behind the stage at the Regal Theater. She used to bring um, uh, food over from the Shabazz restaurant because, you know, at that time we still were segregated and the entertainers couldn't go downtown um, to eat in fancy restaurants. So the Nation of Islam supplied that service. I'll let her tell you that story Um Herself it's just that I wanted to give her a little intro, and then we wanted to talk about the Harold Washington Cultural Center and her roots to it. Because basically, she helped me understand how important it was when I was helping her to put together her book. Um, so great. I just wanted to let you know you you got that 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 caveat. On the, you got the, the other person on the phone, and she is the one that was instrumental in helping me to bring some people in L.A. together to burn up the mortgage on the Harold Washington Culture Center. We're not going to talk about all the details of that, but I did want to let you know we got some high power people on our team.
1: Okay, and I appreciate that, Miss Johnson. This is what we're going to do. How should I refer to you, because you had a mouthful at that. You said a mouthful there, A.K.A. Belinda Boyd.
4: I tell you what, just
1: say Kalila Camacho Ali.
0: No, Linda has nothing to do with it. Belinda Ali <laughs> do with it. It's Camacho okay. Ali, like Macho Camacho and Mama Ali. That's what you think of those two people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we're gonna say. How this, are you, Ali. Kyle, yeah. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This is how I'm gonna start this, okay? Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take it a step at a time because okay. I wanna tell my listeners first, okay, we wanna we wanna keep everything clear. Yeah, how this discussion came up about the uh cultural center. And I'm not sure, Miss Ali, how familiar you are with our website. We have a website which is Chicago's Black Business Network dot com and we have approximately five hundred members now. Now in one of our groups and we have about twenty odd groups on there, and in one of our groups Ms. Johnson put a discussion in there, uh, regarding the Harold Washington Cultural Center, and I just want to let our listeners know, uh, on our on our site we have individuals from all different backgrounds. It's a Chicago-based organization, but about 80% of the people, um, 20% of the people are international, national, but about 80% of our people are Chicago-based individuals and businesses. And we have like 20 groups, employment groups. We have a, a CBBN Business Resource Group. We have a music group for people who are in the music and entertainment industry if they want to go into a room and have discussions. We have uh, a radio group for people who have radio shows such so as myself. Uh, we have a charity group. We have a TCM prayer room. So we have a lot of different groups. So what happened is Ms. Johnson went into one of the groups and uh, started a discussion regarding the Harold Washington Cultural Center. Now, just for our listeners, Ms. Johnson, I'm going to let you come back and address all of this, and some of you you have already addressed in your conversation, but this is, what I, uh, this is what I was supposed to do. I went to the website and pulled up some information. As a matter of fact, I went to hwccchicago.org, and uh, if there's some more recent information or another website, then you, can, you all can give me that information, okay? But this is the facts about the Harold Washington Cultural Center per that website. The Harold Washington Cultural Center is owned and operated by Tobacco Row Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And as I said before, I just need to give my listeners a little background, and I'll let you ladies take over. The Harold Washington Cultural Center is the home to Endure Theater, Dance Production Company, Know Your Heritage Game Show Program, Chicago International Children's Film Festival, the Bronzeville Night Experience, and Med Rhythm Dance Company. Now, according to the website, the Harold Washington Cultural Center is home to the 1000C ComEd Performing Arts Theater, a full-service recording studio, uh, a music lab, an avid video editing lab, and a multi-use research center and computer lab. The Harold Washington Cultural Center serves 75,000 youth per year through different programs. Ms. Tillman Jamalita, and you can correct that Jimalita. for me. Jamalita. I yes. said it when I was reading this. Jamalita <laughs> Tillman yes. is currently the executive director of the Howell, Harold Washington Cultural Center, and from all indications, Ms. Tillman is the daughter of the former aldermen, alderman, Ms. Dorothy Tillman. Now, on this site, this section was entitled Facts Regarding Foreclosure, and this may no longer be the fact, but this is what's stated it in the public record, on the public website. It stated that the property is valued at fifty million million. Also, that the Harold Washington Cultural Center owes a $1.2 million loan to Shore Bank. According to the website information, and I always preference what I say, when I say what I say, in my opinion, I do that. The loan with Shore Bank was two months old, $21,000 $21, delinquent. Tobacco Road Incorporated went to court to pay the past due amount owed, including penalties and late fees, and to show proof of the ability to pay the loan forward. According to the website, SureBank would not allow this and has accelerated the loan. SureBank would not reinstate the loan. There was no indication on the website as to why SureBank would not reinstate the loan. Also, this information was not dated, so if any of our listeners, and we do have some, Have information on the current status of this situation we'll be happy to share with you. Ms. Johnson, based on the uh, information that I gave you from the website for the Cultural Center, can you give us an update on this information?
2: I can't give you an update on the legal proceeding. I know that um, they went to court last week. Um, I did call and did send a link um To your website to Jim Alita um Tillman and ebony Tillman, who runs the center um asking them to come on the show to um give some input. They may do that tonight or at a later date. um My purpose is as a community resident who lives a few from the theater and a taxpayer. That it makes sense for me for it to stay black-owned and operated, and that's my position at this time. Um, and that's what I came on the show to be prepared to discuss. I don't okay. know anything about the past build. I don't know anything about the past business with the city. I just know that my tax dollars paid for it, and I'm trying to keep it real. And, and trying to keep it because we have worked hard to get that kind of freestanding black business built in our community. So it makes sense for us to keep it in our hands. And since the current owners have it in, the, in, in their possession, it makes sense to work with them. So that's my position at this time. Um, okay. And, and I'll continue to work it, to find out more about what's happening with the city. But right now I'm trying to hold on to the property, okay, as a community resident. Okay. You know, just just going forward like that, you know. I understand um,
1: perfectly. I understand perfectly. In other words, yes. you can't address the foreclosure e- issue. In other words, it probably would not be appropriate at this time for you to do so. It would be appropriate for uh, Ms. Tillman to do so.
5: Right, right. so,
1: right. to do it since it is, uh, since you are putting the information out in the public, it would be it would behoove me to have her on here to address that because she right. is asked, she is trying to raise funds for the property right. to that uh, well keep the property standard. Well, a, uh, there was a uh, PayPal link on her on the site indicating that they were raising funds. So if you raise right. funds, then you need to have a public accountability, and of course it might not be you because she may be not be right there in the eternal Hard or handling the money, so it would be appropriate for her to do it and for her staff to do it, okay? Right. Uh, my, um, my second question is, I understand, you're, you know, as a community organizer, activist, and that type of thing, you're putting the information out there. That's what you're doing. And that's what you should be doing. We all should be doing that. Uh, that's the only way we get the information, Ms. Johnson. you got to bring it, uh, put it on the table, let people discuss it, let people hear about it. Can't step behind closed doors. We don't know it, you know. Right. So that's, right. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Uh, the question came up, and once again, it may not be you to address it. And this is the way that I put it uh, in the discussion. What happened to the property to bring it to this point? And it may not be you to address it, but I'm putting these questions out there. What happened to the property to bring it to this point? Number one. What's gonna to happen to the property to stop it from getting into this position again? Number two. And so in addressing what's going on with the property, to me as a citizen of Chicago, I feel as though those questions need to be answered also. Okay. Miss Mohammed, what is your position on this? do you have any additional information?
0: Well the information that I have that I've always been able to be able to support be blessed to support and keep things like this, cultural centers, and things from going under, going under, and um, the helpful sister, Bobby Johnson, trying to put me in on her and trying to help. I'm all here for it. Uh, um, I, I thank God I, they were to be blessed to, uh, to uh, 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 meet uh, Honorable Harold Washington, whole family, and uh he was a great man and we he's a part of our history and our history must live on and to do anything to help keep the culture center at, at hand i'm all for it you know and donna that's my so Sonia, you've done a beautiful job you've heard a lot about the internet and, and your, your, your your group and your, your, your talking groups and stuff, and I'm, I'm just proud of
1: you. I thank God for you. You're doing a beautiful job. I, I thank you for those compliments. I get mushy all over when people tell me things like that. <laughs> you just, make, just yeah. make me well hard.
4: That's, <laughs> like, that's all you do when you, you make
0: good. Because like you are very well known, and I'm in Miami, Florida, and you are very well known out here as well. <laughs> so get out of here. Yes.
1: That's, that's so beautiful. That's so yes, beautiful. ma'am. You're
0: doing a beautiful job, and it's because of Bobby Johnson. Let me know about all these things that's going on, and of course, me. I'm gonna play it forward. I'm gonna tell and brag about it to everybody in our city here in Florida. And um, I, I, I'm still, I, I still, I still live. I still was born and raised in Chicago. That will always be my roots. And, uh, and I'll always support, uh, my foot is always put there in Chicago, always. So yes, I'm always yes. going to be there, being a part of the Regal Theater, taking yes. food off, James Brown, and, you know, uh, Otis Redding, and all these great historians and, and we wow. Wonder back in the day when I was just a kid,
4: being wow. uh, uh
0: you, you, you know, you know, you, you know, you, you know that, uh that courageous rabbit you know, the Crusader rabbit that used to play that, that in Chicago. Yeah, yes, yeah. Crusader Rabbit. I, I I was back in those days, man. Yeah. And I used to remember the Crusader Rabbit and I used to hear all about all our black history and our black going on there in Chicago. So I'll never forget the Crusader Rabbit when he used to keep posts on everything black history, the underground railroad. I mean, this is, uh, Chicago is our melting our pot. This is where all our history is. is, is should always kept, be kept alive, and and spread we, to we our do. young children, because our young children need to be a part of that history so they'll know their future.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And we can't, we can't let these people be forgotten. We can't let these people be right. forgotten. That's what, that's what we do, Miss Jackson. That's what we, we do, Miss Ali. We put this hey. information out there. We keep talking hey. about it. Because people have to re- hear things over and over and over. That's again. right. We, we have to repeat do. And it, you know, repeating. It,
0: right. And it's only it's only the devil's work when you see people trying to take our building and and have these tremendous amounts of fees and penalties on buildings and construction of our history that they always try to block. And you know, and they don't understand. You know, they 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 know how great this history is. And there's always going to be some kind of evil trying to intercede, but God will not let them, you know, survive forever because He didn't make them that strong. So uh, we will prevail. We, we will prevail.
3: prevail. If we, we
0: will. have a up yeah, we will. We'll try to hold the buildings that we have. But if we can't, hold it. It's not going to stop us. So, you know, I'm here but, to be a part of that that struggle.
1: Absolutely. We're gonna keep getting the information
2: out. Let's do Miss Per Miss Per per, per- Miss Purdue.
3: Okay, in the discussion.
2: Any 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 of the members that listening at the show, if they go back into discuss if they come into the discussion, I had put some documents in the discussion so they could access the fact sheet. They could act some they could access Something that I created called "The Souls of Black People" aren't are not for sale, and that's basically a three-page piece, kind of poetic, about the the um the cultural center being in the 47th Street TIF. The Third Ward has 19 TIFs. Those are financing instruments. What makes that important for black businesses is black businesses can compete for contracts in any of those 19 TIFs to help with the redevelopment of the third ward. You know, I took it and put it in a financial framework, talking about the theater and talking about it being the new construction in in the ward, and then the building that I saved the Rosenwald building being the building that they're gearing up to um rehabilitate and that's a hundred million dollar redevelopment. Okay, so I'm saying if you got two buildings in the same TIF and the same bank is okay, it's trying to foreclose on the new construction and then it's positioning itself to handle the financing of my building. So I said something wrong with that picture because they will get a tax credit if they just give the Harold Washington Culture Center the deed clear. They'll get a tax, uh, a write-off for that. So why are they trying to foreclose on something, and they down the street trying to redevelop the other place? So that's why I said, I'm not concerned with the past. I'm more concerned with managing the multi-billion-dollar redevelopment of the 47th Street from the lakefront all the way down to Ashland. I need okay. everybody to open their eyes, OK, and understand it's bigger than us getting in a catfight about it. Okay, oh, yeah. we can work it out like that song. I know we can work it. You know, you started out like that. Yes we can yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, yes we did. Let's we did yes.
1: let's do this, Miss Johnson. Yes. I wanna I wanna close out the segment about the culture center, then I wanna talk about something else. I want, I wanna say this. Number one, I'm gonna go back and take a look at the documents that you posted on our site, okay? Yes, yes. Uh, that's number one. Number two, we're going to have another discussion about this after after I review that. We're going to invite people to come on and have another discussion about it. Number two, right. so that we can see, as you say, right now at this point in time, what's going on with the property and what's going on with that situation, and has it moved forward any? That's what we're going to do in regards to the Carroll Washington Cultural Center. So we can consider this evening just as an opening for further discussion. Okay, and I really yes, appreciate yes, you. Yes. All right. Yeah, and I really appreci- appreciate Ms. Ali. This is the second thing, because, uh, Ms. Johnson, you can't give people too much information at one time. You're going to mess I up. know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just okay. got the late truck, the ash the chip, and up. Uh, you got to you no. hold on. Let's vote. Okay. Let's vote. Okay, this okay. is what I want to do. Uh, wait a minute, listen to me. This is what I want to do secondly. I want uh, you to tell the listeners about Ms. Johnson and who you are, and then what I want to do is talk about, is that the Rosenwald
2: Community
1: Land um, Trust? It, Rosenwald yes. Commerce Community Land Trust. Okay, but first I want to tell yes. you, I want you to tell us who Bobby Johnson is. Who are they listening to right now?
2: Okay, Bobby Johnson, I am a registered nurse that came to Bronzeville about 20 years ago at the request of a national black press to get kids to read. The Assault on Illiteracy, and um, it was comprised of National Black Press, the National Black Monitor newspaper, Calvin Rolock out of Washington, D.C., um, and which was the National Black Fund, uh, um, United Fund, and then the uh, Greek Letter Organization, the Eight Greek Letter Organization, the improving Netherlands Protectors or the Elks of the World and the Prince Hall family. Okay, all them big groups got together to deal with the social ills in the community and sent us back home to do things. I ended up working with kids on the State Street corridor. Okay, trying to get them interested in reading and trying to find out what I could create to get them to get excited about it. So, to tell make a long story short. We created all these projects that kids designed, and I ended up working in the Rosenwald and ended up uh, saving the building. Once we all got put out, we were forced out. Just like even though we were a private building, um, we were project-based session 8, and some of us were market rent people like myself, um, and we were forced out of the building just like the people in public housing was. Okay, so I ended up running and getting elected. I'm the third ward Republican commitment, okay? I wear all these different hats, and it brings a lot to the table. And now I'm trying to teach people how to save themselves and how to experience this new wealth. We got this new genesis occurring in our community, and our people don't have enough information. The black businesses don't even have enough no, enough information to know how to access the money, the free money, to set up businesses, okay? okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, Ron Carter going to come over and talk about the black Wall Street, and he can share a little bit that, more with you about that, but I'm just saying that's who I am. Okay. All right.
1: And uh, you wear a lot of hats. And Yes, that's what it takes. <laughs> Sometimes, right. you no, know, some people are not wearing any hat, so then you have to wear six to get that something right. done. Because, some people don't have a hat on at all.
2: Well, have so, a hat. Let me, have. let me, and let me add a little bit more to it. I'm also a person. Khalila is like a life friend. We both were vanguards in the nation of Islam back in 1900. 1900- Okay, in other words, I I grew up in a nation of Islam, okay, just like Khalilah did, and that's the thing that binds us together, us being two young teenagers growing up. We met when we were teenagers. Okay, yeah.
1: This this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to a little break. We're going to come back. And we're gonna to talk to Miss Ali a little bit because she has an interesting Yes, out, So, and uh, I appreciate you, ladies, so much. This is such a such a wonderful surprise for us. Oh, we got some stuff that you're gonna love
0: to here when you come. We come back.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we gonna have thing, some juicy stuff for you here when we come back, boy. Don't be fun. That's, uh-huh. that's all
1: Something good
0: here. Uh-uh.
1: That's all good with me. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're well, right now. This is Sonia Purdue. You're listening to, to listening to Chicago's Black Business Network on Blog Talk Radio. We're uh, we're listening to Miss Bobby Johnson, Third Ward Men, and we're mi- listening to Miss Sali. And we're gonna come back with both of them after this message. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. back. This is Sonia Purdue, Chicago's Black Business Network.com. And uh, that was Boise Queen. We're going to listen to Boise Queen in its entirety at the end of the show. We were just taking a little break there. Boise Queen is a member of Chicago's Black Business Network, and you should call him for all of your musical needs. He is a composer, a a pianist of the highest level as you can hear, and we're going to listen to that piece uh, again at the end of the show. We're on the line with uh, Ms. Johnson, Third War Committeeman, and Ms. Ali, former wife of Muhammad Ali, and we're going to uh, go to Ms. Ali now and let her tell us a little bit about her roots in Chicago. Ron Carter is on the line. He will be joining us shortly. From Black Wall Street, Chicago, but we're going to finish up this segment first, Mr. Carter. Thank you for calling in, Miss Ali. We're back. How are you? Tell ma'am. Like how are you?
0: how are you? Did you ma'am? like the music? How oh, the good? music is just wonderful, man. I I was just, I was just about to ask where you can get that music from because I love to meditate a lot and I you know and I relax and I like I like that. I have a lot of brothers. Who, like, um, like, uh, brother Mustafa, Milton Mustafa plays jazz, and he has a lot of music that I hear all the time to relax myself and, and keep myself, you know, in a relaxed mood when I'm writing or whatever. And when I heard that, I said, Oh, man, that sounds great. It's
1: something, isn't it? touches this. Oh, touches yeah. it in Many different places. You should come over and listen to Boise's page. It is oh, phenomenal. Yeah. He should be writing music scores. I mean, he should be at the very, very top.
0: You, but I'm going to keep them in my mind when I do my movie score, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when my
0: story comes out about me and Muhammad Ali, I'm definitely going to use his music for <laughs> sure. <laughs> if the
1: huh. boys he pops in and sits down at the piano, it doesn't matter who's in the room, where Stephanie. they're from, he sits them down. That's how That's he excellent. Is. Okay. He's, a, he's Ali, the greatest
0: when it comes to music. Go
1: ahead. He definitely is. Ms.
0: Ali, give us a little bit about your background in Chicago and tell us what you're doing now. All right. my, my background is um a graduate out the, the valedictorian out of the uh, Muhammad University of Islam, number two. I've also worked as security guard with Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King, and um H. Ralph Brown, and a few other uh, historians in our history's past from the 60s. The lords of the revolution. I've been, uh, also grew up, at, uh, you know, under Muhammad's tutelage and, uh, swept up on, on my feet by Muhammad Ali as a teenager and got married, and the rest is
1: history. Yes uh, it is. basically, I've always been
0: an activist when it comes to, uh, civil rights, uh, Muslim rights, women's rights. I believe you me, I've been one of the most active ladies starting at the age of 10 years old fighting for my right, women rights, right in the Muslim tradition. And, um, my sister uh, Johnson is, is a perfect example of that, and she even, uh, reminds me of who I am sometimes so I can keep doing what I'm doing, um, uh, When it comes to the children and families, I'm very concerned about them. I'm very concerned. I've always been concerned about our families.
6: And
0: to put my concern into a legacy, I just completed and finished the first coloring book that teaches manners and etiquette for men, women, and children. And the name of it is Old-Fashioned Manners and Old-Fashioned Values and Good Manners. And this is a coloring book that teaches it. And it opens up as saying, what's wrong with this picture? And you try to figure out what's wrong with the picture. And the second page gives you the solution and also gives you meaning of why it should be done this way, why is the etiquette, why Back in the day, the only book on etiquette was by Gloria Vanderbilt and people of this sort. And, um, um,
5: and we and, weren't in and any it would only teach you worried.
0: how to eat in a really rich place. It would teach you how to eat, eat in a very fancy, rich uh, house or something like that. It wouldn't teach you the basics. It wouldn't teach you the basics about open the door for the woman or 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 walking over paper and picking it up or walking on the right side sidewalk or not hitting a woman. Uh these kind of small little intricate uh things uh, well,
1: let me you, ask you a question, Miss Ali. Yes ma'am. Now um, there was a time that we didn't need a book for that. That's what parents were for. And that's, that's what right. they're still for. They're just not
0: fulfilling This is Right. This is how I collected all my information, by getting in hands. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day when our grandfathers and our grandmothers and our parents would teach us these things, these small little things, that's a natural way of order, uh, this would come out of the good homes, the good southern homes that we came from, which is derived from good southern hospitality. And uh, I've got all this for my grandparents and my parents of today. So
1: and we didn't need a book I, to tell us those things. We didn't we need a book; because we to had it firsthand, right? To, exactly. They told us they told us those things exactly out of their mouths, and with the back. out of their mouths. And so and a lot of times
0: we had families who do that. Okay, yes. of course, like now, but, but not practicing these things over the years, our adult lives. A lot of the adults are lacking and lacking less and less of these principles. This is why we're losing so much respect for one another. Because when we keep practice of just these little spine
4: things,
0: it keeps us aware of the the, the respect. See, we have lost a lot of that. And with the time and people working every day, and living paycheck by paycheck, they, they don't take the time. They, they think it takes too much time to teach the children, so they grow up lost. And a lot of times they just assume they know better, and they don't. As an example, and not to hold you too much longer, I, my children were going, walking home from school one day, and I was sitting out on a porch waiting for them to come home, and I saw a young man walking on the inside of the sidewalk, and the girl was walking on the outside. So I went my, children, my daughter and my children with their friends to come over to, the, to my house, and they followed my children to the house, and I asked them, I said, young man, I said, didn't you know that you're supposed to walk on the outside of the sidewalk because you're there, you're the man, and you're there to protect them? He said, no, I've never heard of anything like that. So that young man went home and told his mom. And his mom said, I didn't tell you that. <laughs> she had forgotten to <laughs> remind him of these things. It's and he so said, No, she She said, The lady was absolutely right, but I thought I told you this. But she didn't. And she'd forgotten to tell him. Miss, and that, this uh, what that, gonna that's what we're going
5: to
1: do. This, what? This is what we're going to do, Ms. Muhammad. You yeah. know, has your, book, have, has your book gone into production yet? It is. And complete and ready to
4: buy,
1: baby. <laughs> and
4: ready to roll, huh? <laughs> ready and
1: to roll. This is what we're going to do. You're going to send me a copy of your book. And this is oh, what yeah. we're going to do. We're going to do an etiquette class. Me and you. Oh, good. That's great. Yeah. We're going to do an etiquette class. because no you, you know, it's one thing to say what they don't know, but it's our job to tell them. Um, hey. and that And that's what we're going to do. We're going to do an right. etiquette class. Yeah. Um, and then we're gonna send the tape around to hmm? teachers and say, "Would well, you play this in your school?" And will you, Hi. would you, would you? you know what?
0: I have an email. I have an email. You can send any information you want to see how you can get your book. Just go to Color To Learn Coloring Book at Yahoo. dot com. Color To Learn Coloring Book at Yahoo. dot com, and you can. Um, Send me your, you know, information. How you want to buy the book? That's all you have to do. Coloring that's my email for my coloring book. <laughs>
4: coloring it's the Colors book. to Learn
0: series. Hey. Uh, see, my coloring book comes in. Um, it's a ten volume, but it's only one volume that's ready for for sale right now, and that's volume one. And that's the introduction.
1: I got you. You'll you love it. You'll just love it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a look at it. I'm gonna get a copy. Okay, uh, Johnson i Johnson give you my telephone number, okay? Okay, and then I'll call you. And then I'll okay. give you my
2: number. That'll
1: be great.
0: Thank you for having okay. us on the show. And
2: Thanks for bad. having us on the show. I'd like to come back on the
0: show. Oh, yeah. Well, you're going to do that etiquette
2: class. You're going to do that etiquette class. i love we to gonna, do the
0: etiquette class.
4: Are you
2: We're going to get that together. You know, we're going to do what Miss Purdue say, so we, we can't do it all on the show, but. I know. But there would be some follow-up. Well, I'm, 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 here, for, for
0: I'm here for the world. I'm here for our youth. I'm here to help and give back Give back to where I came from to give back. And, and this
1: so is how I go about gonna, doing gonna, it. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. What I'm going to do, I'm going to create a special show for you ladies. So that Thanks. we can okay. talk about some of these things so that we can create a show, a Pacific show with a Pacific format for etiquette. For young men and women and adults. That's and right. Adults. For young men and women, absolutely. So that we can create a show specifically for that for you and her to go to present when you go out, okay? Yes, ma'am. They, yes, ma'am. It needs to be repeated over and over and over again. And I, I, I thank you so much. I enjoyed this so much. I appreciate both of you. Ms. Johnson, is so great. Meeting you, and we're going to talk yes. again huh. real soon. Okay, dear. good work,
0: you're doing beautifully. God, love you for what you're doing, sister. You're a soldier in the world. Go, go ahead, do your
1: thing. Thank you
5: so All right.
1: Much, have a
0: wonderful you have.
5: evening. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.
1: Love you. All right. Love bye, you bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Network on Blog Talk Radio. This is Sonia Purdue. We want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. After this announcement, we're going to Ron Carter, Chairman chairman of black wall street chicago thank you so much for being with us we do have another caller on the line also we appreciate everyone that's listening we'll be right back We're back, and this is your host, Sonia Purdue, and you're listening to Chicago's Black Business Network on Blog Talk Radio. That was Sylvia Fred Frederick, and that was in honor of
6: our seventh year in business
1: from her CD, Sisters Under God's Construction. You can visit Sylvia's page on our site. She has some great songs on that CD, and give her a call to sing at your next event. Uh, Sylvia can't be with us on Tuesday evening because she's right in the middle of filming a movie. We're so proud of her. But after she finishes production, she's going to come over to the show and be with us. We're going to go to the phone lines in one minute. We have one announcement. We have so many announcements today, but we have people on the phone, and we want to get to all of them. But we want to let you know that our network has been invited to the filming of a television production, So we're inviting each of our members and you and our listening audience to join us on Saturday, November 21st for CBBN Day at Channel 21. Has your child ever, ever been part of of the filming of a TV show? Well, now they can do that. When they attend Chicago's Black Business Network Day at Channel 21, this is their opportunity to participate as an audience member and watch the filming of a cable program called Shaping Young Minds. CBBN member Sylvia Frederick is now an associate producer for Can TV, the Can TV show on Channel 21 called Shaping Young Minds. Shaping Young Minds is a mentorship television show for and about Black teens and young adults, facing and overcoming the challenges of their experiences, and we know they're going through a lot. This show has been on Can TV for three years. If you haven't seen it, stop by on Saturdays. That's uh, 4 to 6 p.m. on Saturdays on Channel 21. Adult professionals, civic leaders, entrepreneurs, persons, and others are invited to be guests of the young hosts. They host the show themselves. Wanda Muhammad is the executive director of that show, and she does a fine job. This is a great opportunity for CBBM members to create some wonderful memories for their children and to expose them to the possibilities of future careers in the entertainment industry. This is how they learn. Take them out there let them see the cameramen, the producers, the young people hosting this show. Seating is limited, so please RSVP on the website and contact Sylvia as soon as possible. Her number is 773-616-4297. Her number is 773-616-4297. You can also contact her on our website. We want to send out a big thank you to Sylvia for all that she does. We're going to go to the phone lines now. Uh, Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, is on the line.
3: How you doing? Good evening,
1: Ron. How are you doing? Right. I'm Good. Doing. Bye. Good. All right. Great summit. What we're going to do this evening, people, is uh, we we're very grateful to have Mr. Carter here. What we're going to do this evening is give Mr. Carter opportunity number one to tell us about the South Street Journal, and uh, even more so to tell us about this great summit that was held, Black Wall Street, Ch- Black Wall Street Chicago Summit Ooh. that was held at held at the chicago urban league on october 31st great right. turnout some phenomenal right. people there some phenomenal discussions ron first of all tell us about ron carter
6: <laughs> well that ron is. carter yeah okay uh well ron carter is from chicago um raised um in the hood so to speak uh from the uh public housing um went to school in L.A., came back as a, uh, I guess, majored in public relations, came back to Chicago, and got involved in community organizing, which I did for about 17 years. Got a little burnt out, went to work for the uh, Chicago Defender for about six years, and uh, went back to community organizing in Robert Taylor Homes, and as I did, the uh Robert Taylor Holmes uh residents asked me to help them with a newspaper and that newspaper fell in my hand, which is for the last uh sixteen oh I'm sorry, yeah, last sixteen years, um, I've been operating South Street Journal. And because of my organizing roots, South Street Journal has been more of an organizing media. And with that in mind, of the consciousness of the community is what kind of led us. And it led us to the direction of, uh, I guess, uh, frustration of the issues of the lack of business turned a committee to the point of calling themselves the Black Wall Street Chicago. And that happened uh, May 19th, 2007, Um uh, coming together just to honor Malcolm X. And as we did that, uh, we evolved into an ad hoc committee to a formal committee to actually being uh, uh, chartered with the state of Illinois, and we moved on to about 501c3, and uh, we've been having economic summits every three months from that point. Uh, so really talking about myself, I automatically talk about what we're doing in the community and how it affects the uh, really the livelihood of the black press to a great extent. Because if the black press do not have a viable business uh, structure in this community, it's going to continue to uh, look for others to support us. So my direction in leading Black Wall Street is also a self-interest to uh, sustaining and increasing black businesses, not just for the future of my publication, but for the future of sustaining uh, black businesses. I think that overall, uh, along ethnic lines, Latinos, Asians experience large increases in Entrepreneurship activity rates in the year 2008, while the number of African Americans becoming entrepreneurs actually have declined. And this is uh, the chief conclusion from a new data from the Kenford Foundation Index on Entrepreneur Activity. So we see that our role with Black Wall Street is a direct result of frustrations to move with quarterly summits in order to have some resolutions and accountability of ourselves more than to look at the accountability of others. And so we need to, what we've been doing is monitoring our own progress with frustrations because we do have a lot of frustrations in our community. And the way I see it, if we had a sound economic base, we would not have the disarray of our youth running uh, running astray. Uh, I, I compare that to the point that, for the most part, the black community have our youth at astray more than any other ethnics. And if you look at other ethnics, one thing that they do have is a sound economic base, even if it's from Chinatown Uh, Little Italy, uh, uh, Little Village in Chicago, um, uh, Greek Town, all of those uh, ethnic groups have a sound base of entrepreneurship in their communities. Even though they may have youth that's running the straight, their news about them is not so at large, it is, it is in the black community, and I gear a lot of that from us having a base. I could even look at from ten years ago, um, the black community had sound um, business strips from 35th Street, 51st Street, 47th Street, even a little Black Wall Street on Indiana Street from Indiana to King Drive. Those are all viable business strips with black businesses, and this whole turnaround just happened within the last 15 years. South Street Journal somewhat kind of seen this change, and we reported it, so we kind of took on action, and with that action brought us to the Black Wall Street. So we have a a, a big uh, quest ahead of us, and with that big quest, from the summits comes resolutions of action in which I was very proud uh to see you present and taking a role because of the network that you you provide and that Black Wall Street you have to take full advantage of what you have. So we don't tend to be a umbrella organization or an organization with the answers, but more of a organization to hold ourselves accountable as we bring others to the table to see Where they're accountable. Um, For example, I believe at the summit, we did not have not one elected official, black elected official present, but Alderman uh, Freiretti from the second ward, who's not black, came to the summit and made some uh, commitments toward black versus minority as it relates to vendoring and contracts with the city government. And he made some commitments and even not only him, but people that was at the summit made commitments and, and, and took a pledge to make some action moving on to the next summit, which will be in January 30th, 2010. So we have a lot of work to do, and we welcome the work, but with the work comes persistence, you know, to get things done, and we're looking for numbers of actually how we're sustaining and increasing black businesses.
1: Thank you, Mr. Carter. A couple of things. Um, this is You produced Chicago's Black Business Network.com on Blog Talk Radio, and we're talking to Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. First, The first thing that you said, the organization was only formed in uh, March of 2007. Is that correct?
6: Correct. Yes.
1: Okay. You've come a long way uh, from all appearances from the summit on Saturday. This is what uh, I got from there. I got a lot of a lot of, from. I was very proud of them. Uh, fantastic job. Nothing's perfect, but by virtue of the fact that they were there in those numbers,
6: mm-hmm.
1: attest to the fact that they may be ready.
6: Well, I they, believe that. Yeah, correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, well, um, they They came for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you, in, in, as you say, you're not trying to be an umbrella organization, but they're looking for some organization to bring us together because they scare. Nothing's going to be accomplished, and I, and I think that they know this in their hearts. They know this out there over in that organization, that organization, that organization, that organization, it will all remain the same. Mm-hmm. They have to communicate. They have to talk. They have to be somewhere where they can trust that each of them will be given an opportunity to be heard and respected. That's right. the one thing, one thing I got right. out of it. And right. another thing, Mr. Card, I love when people come on the show and they can do the whole show by themselves. I just love <laughs> it. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I just push the little button, and I just sit down and learn, and that's great yeah. with me. That's how it's supposed to be. So that's well, yeah, well, the most important thing I got out of the summit.
6: Mm-hmm. Well, that open dialogue for people to communicate. We again, we we have we were working up to the tenth summit, and one process is to really try to be representational of some key areas, but having a format in order to, that everyone can be able to have some input in the direction. Uh, and you look at the summit as, um, uh, as the same way you would look at United Nations Summit, where you have the, not necessarily the heads or the big wheel leaders, but you have uh, people that are stepping up to the plate. Knowing that we all are on the same agenda, but how do we actually uh, mend our agendas together to achieve the same purpose? I think even with the Black Business Network, when I first heard of it, for a great extent, my thoughts were, thank you, something we don't have to do, <laughs> because it's already in place. And since it's already in place, we need to help nourish the uh, Black Business Network, to be all that it can so that other organizations can focus on what it's doing. The, the networks that we have are fine, but when there is a solid base such as what you have, we need to, in which you definitely stood to the task at the summit and so that we can develop uh, uh, a, a means of communicating. The same way we did, and you stepped up with the uh, with the black. Uh, what was it? I'm sorry, I can't I can't recall. It was the black TV channel. Yes,
1: Channel Twenty
6: One. No, it was at the summit. There was the uh, black network uh, television channel at the summit that uh, you are to kind of work with.
1: Oh, the young lady who has the. Uh... Oh, okay, the young lady who has the advertising channel. Yes, I'm supposed to communicate right. with so, her. Right, so, again, that going is. With that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right.
6: So there's, there's different uh, uh, agendas and different ways to get that, but we all got to kind of network what we have because we are in a real serious uh, uh, situation here in not only Chicago but throughout the United States. Here we are have a business district on 75th Street in Chicago. Of the 115 businesses, 85% of them black, which is very good. But it's a sad case as that is the only business district that is in the United States that has a black business base in parity to the population of, of that community. Uh, but at the same time Black Wall Street Chicago is in sisterhood with um uh Oakland, Black Wall Street of Oakland, Black Wall Street of Atlanta, Black Wall Street of Minneapolis, uh there's a Black Wall Street that's uh forming in uh in 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 New York. There's a, another one in Texas. So but throughout the nation there is a sense that we do have to uh, be more in keen with each other. And we look at, with Barack Obama being president, as he indicated that there is a um, uh, uh, the Wall Street to Main Street, and we're taking that Main Street to 75th Street, and 75th Street in Chicago is just one example, as we have to identify other streets so our youth can actually see blacks in business, not just uh, know and hear about uh, an open Winfrey or open Winfrey is in business but our community cannot see that business. We need to see those businesses on the streets where we live so that our youth can see that there is some alternative, that they can see that they don't have to just be a rapper when they get of age or they have to be in sports when they get of age but they can see businesses in their community to say I think I want to own this grocery store. If they can't see us owning these grocery stores or they can't see us owning these shops uh, or uh, or these beauty uh, shops or, uh, you know, they have no vision. So we have to give them the visions by example, and that's one of the missions of Black Wall Street in claiming 75th Street as a Black Wall Street district, the same as they did in Oakland, California. And in Oakland, it took them about 10 years to establish a black Wall Street district. And in in Detroit, Michigan, they tried to establish it twice, and it was voted down. So sometimes being black, it, it has some difficulties, as was displayed in Oakland, California, and in Detroit, Michigan, of all places where there is a majority of black, but they cannot establish a black business district. So we do have some challenges, whether there is economical greed, is there a, a stereotype of uh, it don't have to be black, or there's a stereotype that some people just want to spend their money outside of the community. So we have a campaign as well as an initiative to implement actually seeing black businesses in our community and again, that is for our youth to see, so they can see that there are some alternatives to the drug market, to the rap market, and to the sports market. So okay. we have a major task.
1: We we do. The list is long. The list is long, and this is this is what we're we're going to do. We're going to use this uh, show as a platform for further discussion, because uh, Ron Carter, <laughs> I'm going to tell you like I told the ladies. They can't handle too much information at one time, and no disrespect <laughs> to anybody and it's just for mice,
6: <laughs> okay, I know it, I know what you mean. <laughs>
1: no disrespect to anyone's intellect
6: <laughs> uh, I know there's a lot right. to
1: be said, and there's a lot to be done, and you start at the beginning, but
6: mm-hmm. we're
1: going to use this show as a platform for other shows, and i would I would hope to have you back on many shows, and you we're going to focus we're going to focus in on Pacific. Subjects and the word that you like the most: resolutions and follow up. Now, this is that where is. I have a call line. I think they want to talk to you. They're raising their hand. They pushed to number one. So give us one minute because I have one. I will have another question. And uh, just an example of what type of resolutions were brought forth on Saturday. Just give us a couple examples, can you please?
6: Well, one is we looked at 75th Street, and sometimes people look at the name Black Wall Street and they associate Black Wall Street with Wall Street in New York. So one resolution from uh, one of the persons present was that Black Wall Street need to establish a financial institutional base on 75th Street. With that in mind, we have the Southside Federal Credit Union at the summit, they stepped up to the plate where they have a location on 54th and the Dan Ryan. They indicated that they will start the process of putting a credit union satellite on 75th Street. Uh, we and, and that was a, a visualization of actually people seeing a resolution in place opposed Absolutely. to the paperwork that, People sometimes cannot see. Uh, there was a resolution based on black contractors concern where we want to establish the grounds where there is a 70 percent, 30 percent of government contracts in a particular community. Alderman uh, Frioretti of the Second Ward indicated he was going to work to make sure that the parity of the, com- of the city work in his particular award represents the community at large and this here was a Caucasian ultimate. And so that is something that we can see in line with a resolution to have black contractors in the neighborhood. And our vision for resolutions are to actually for people to see exactly what a resolution is opposed to the the vision and the the paperwork is like government, you know, you can see the state representatives passing laws, but you can't always see it. You can feel it, but we want people to feel it and to see it based on the resolutions that are passed. So there was approximately about seven resolutions that was passed on this here uh past Saturday. And, again, I guess one of them was to have a regional planning for the uh, the southeast part of Chicago where we're going to look at the black metropolitan planning along with other organizations as we plan for the year 2040. Uh, when we look at the year 2040, the city of Chicago is going to be submitting its plans of what Chicago is going to look like in the year 2040. That's going to be presented next year. As they do so, that board that was making those plans consists of a board of 75 people. That 75 people, only two were black. Our position was to put certain designated areas of the black community in the plans. Originally, they did not have no concrete plans of including the black community in the year 70, uh, 2040 and the year 20, uh,
1: 2020. Well, so think we Michigan. won't exist in twenty forty? <laughs> That's look like the plan. There will not be a black population in Chicago in twenty forty. To so keep going. For the direction. most
6: part, that is the case. The Chicago, that
1: was
6: the, plan. <laughs> the, the city of Chicago, has increased its white population by a hundred and seventy five thousand housing units around the loop. That Uh, 175,000 people was from the loop all the way to uh, 35th Street and a greater part of the west side. That was black population. So they have increased the population of Caucasians by 175,000 housing units. Now, that 175,000 housing units is at least uh, 300,000 people. So we look at the census, we can see that, in I, I will put it this way, in the year uh, 2000, the uh, African-American population was approximately about uh, 1.2 million people. In 2005, it was at something like 800,000. So this year, 2010... I can bet that the African-American population is going to go down to about at least maybe about 700,000. Now, population has a lot to do with economic stability, because if your population goes down, that means not only your, uh, your your numbers go down in population, but your federal money to your districts or your congressional districts go down And that means your buying power go down, and that also means that your economic stability go down as well. So we have lost businesses, we have lost population, and we also have lost voting uh, power as well. So when all those numbers decrease, we are actually worse off than we were in the year 2000. So we have to take all those numbers in consideration even to the point when we look at public housing public housing was low income but when public housing was in place in the Grand Boulevard area which is now Bronzeville State Street along the uh, Robert Taylor Ida B. Wells uh, the Washington Park the Bronzeville community was a wagon train of public housing we have problems in public housing But we also had an economic base from low income people. When the public housing left, the businesses in the surrounds that were surrounded by public housing decreased. The only part of the community that did not increase was the high power community. So when you go down uh, streets like 35th Street, uh, 51st Street, 39th Street, 47th Street, you will see a vacancy of stores, commercial development with vacant land, and you definitely see a vacancy of black stores. So there has been a population shift, and with a population shift, there is an economic shift. And I I don't want to be cynical here, but when you get off a, a, a boat from uh, from Germany, from Germany, uh, uh, Mid East, or from um, uh, Pakistan, or from Asia, you don't know how to set up shop in a black community unless you were pre-informed where to do it. And so, those are an economic base that is being taken away. And it's not just from what we see, but it's also based on the distribution of products and services and who the distributor is going to sell to. Not necessarily you go into business and you want to open up a, 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 a clothing store, you've got to go to a distributor. And sometimes that distributor do not allow you to buy because they have their own network of marketing, the same way when we used to own the beauty shops and the, and the beauty stores. We don't owe them now because a, a, a Korean operation bought the distribution and they sell who they want to sell to and they sell at a certain rate to allow certain people to buy from them and certain ones don't. And then you wonder why, um, uh, not only as far as the gas stations are concerned, but the beauty shops and the, um, and the grocery stores, how are other people able to do so when the black community is not. I think that we have achieved a lot, but as we have achieved a lot, we have some unforeseen economic issues that's working against us that we have to be aware of. So we got many issues that we're working from and about that we can't see them all, and that's what brings this summit together, to try to take a a handle of what we're doing, and engage ourselves in direct action.
1: Absolutely. In essence, two steps forward, one step back every day.
6: Right, but we're going to have to learn how to take those three steps, and I think that that's (laughs) part of that summit where we are going to take those extra steps, and I think we are taking those extra steps as we engage with others in what each one is doing and establish our network the same way other ethnic groups do. We don't hear they're in fighting, but I'm pretty sure they do when it comes to money. Of course. Uh,
5: of course. But
6: at the same time, we have to establish that network among ourselves that we do have and that we do know how to, uh, uh, to, to organize, but we just got so many uh, social and political issues. That make us hard, even politics is a part of economics, because once we look at the economics of this coming election in uh, uh, 2010, it is the groundwork of what we're going to look like in the year 2011 when it comes to the mayor. Now, we think it's all about social uh, justice, but it's all about economics, and that economics have made a base of decreasing our population, our voting power, along with our economics to own and control our own businesses. Because
1: more so, and as much a part of we need economic development, more so uh, an understanding of economic developments and financial, the financial situation, we got to understand the politics to an extent. But what's missing is the understanding of how economics is the basis of the politics. We have a caller on the line, and we don't want to uh, miss him, Ron. We're speaking to Ron Connor Carter from Black Wall Street Chicago. Let's go to the phone, Ron. Okay. Caller 7422. You're on the line. This is Chicago's Black Business Network. Who's on the line? I'm trying to bring you on. Give me one second. Are you on the line,
6: 7422? Can you hear me? Ron, can you still hear me? Yeah, I'm here.
1: Okay. They're not coming in. 7422, you're on the line? or oh, they have me on hold over there.
6: Okay. Well, you know, the politics of it, you know, it's still if we look at and I don't want to be hampering on other ethnics, but if we look at the Asian um, population, they do not have not one elected official, but yet they have an economic sound base. And how did they get that economic sound base? Because they have a culture within themselves that keeps them focused on their base of their people automatically. And I understand historically we do have a culture, but we don't have a culture as tight as others do, even if it comes to no more than language. You know, we can walk into another ethnic uh, store and they can speak any type of language that they want to, but we are not able to do that. So, language sometimes has a culture within itself to solidify a solid economic base, which we do not have. So, that is uh, somewhat of a disadvantage. We may think that it is slightly, but when you walk into a one particular ethnic uh, store and they start speaking their language, they're willing and dealing while we're uh, uh, in, in space wondering what the heck they're talking about, and they can be deciding exactly how much to charge and how much not to charge. So absolutely. we have to look at the big picture as we uh, uh, unite ourselves on a real base of networking.
1: And just like uh, there's so many issues, Ron. I mean, we could start from from A to Z. There's just absolutely – There's so many, and it it takes focus. Everyone can't do the same thing. But as you do the resolutions with all of these different organizations, they can focus on what makes them strong, what it is that they do best, what voice and what connections, because everyone has connections and everyone has a base within themselves. So what you're doing is powerful because you're trying to get them to focus on what it is that they do. Let me call this call again. Seven four two two are you on the line now? I'm here. Can you hear me, Sonia? Yes. Hussein here, why don't you introduce yourself? Ron Carter of Blackwall Street, Chicago is on the line.
3: How What's you doing? doing Hussein sir? Hill. How are you doing, Ms. Carter? I have listened to you. It sounds great. I just wanted to uh, call in, show my support. Uh I echo everything you said except that you didn't tell the people, um, the original Black Wall Street down in uh, Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Correct. Correct. Correct.
6: Correct. Right. Uh, Yes, that was – pardon me? Yeah.
3: Some of these young people and so many people even my age may not know that story. It's a very important story. Correct. You
6: know, I did not know that story myself until we formed – until one of our members uh, two years ago – uh, Set up in the meeting, and he said, let's call ourselves Black Wall Street. And I looked at him, and I said, what are you talking about? And so this one member told us the history, and he told us how in 1921, how Tulsa, Oklahoma, was a very strong economic base where this black community had its own restaurants, had its own hotels. They were so... Uh, powerful in their economics, that white folks came to borrow money from them, that the white community came to, uh, to get the resources in order to stabilize themselves. They borrowed from black folks. They, they came to buy because they didn't have no choice, because the economic base of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was so solid that it, it could not be broken. And the only way it can be broken was physical, in which uh, the the old story, like many stories, uh, uh, a black man whistling at a white woman, that ignited white folks to actually go and create. Some people say a race riot, but it was actually a race massacre, where the white folks of Tulsa, Oklahoma, with their jealousy of the success of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, actually raided, killed, and burnt this community down. And it just didn't happen in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It happened in, uh, simultaneously in about uh, four other cities across the country around the same time of 1921. So they, that particular community was an example of what we had, but at the same time, that same what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was also in the Bronzeville community of Chicago, because at the, and in New York City, because at that time we had the policy racket, and the policy racket actually was the economic base. And today, the policy was so strong and so good. That the, uh, the what I know for the state of Illinois uh, came in. The white gangsters came in to try to take over the policy, and then the government came in and took over the policy. And as today, that policy, that economic base in the the black community, is now called the Illinois State Lottery. So the black community in the past always had an economic base that was solid. Among themselves, along with the jealousy in the eye of others to to uh, disarray that economic base, along with some of us feel that we had to cooperate with integration uh, destroy the, the the solid base that we had so the history of Black Wall Street of Tulsa, Oklahoma is the spirit in which black wall street chicago is carrying to implement the same way they did it in Oakland, California, and what we have done was use the template of Oakland, California, in which we're going to be having a national convention or a national summit in August of 2010 with the Black Wall Streets in different other uh, in different parts of the country to come to Chicago in August. So that we can have a united type of summit with all these Black Wall Street in which they all are taken on the name of the in the spirit of Black Wall Street of Tulsa, Oklahoma, but one thing about Black wall street it is becoming similar to the name of african American because you have Black wall Street games, you have black wall street uh record companies you have Black Wall Street, uh, different type of, um, how can I put it? Um, labels using the name Black Wall Street, in which a lot of youth do not realize the historical nature of uh, of that name, Black Wall Street. So anybody can take the name Black Wall Street, but we're hoping that we can use the same power of the of the term Black Wall Street as we use the same power. In the name of African American and black power as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, We're going to take a break right here. You're listening to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. Our guest is Ron Howard, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and editor of South Street Journal. When we come back, Ron, we're going to talk a little bit about South Street Journal. Hussein, stay on the line with us, okay? You got it. We'll be right back. In honor of our seventh year in business, LaDiva's of Chicago Catering, that's www.LaDiva's.com, that's L-E-D-I-V-A-S, would like to offer a 30% discount off all our goods and services for parties of 25 persons or more. In addition, LaDiva's Catering is offering an additional 10% discount off all parties of 100 persons or more for a total of 40% off. These offers cannot be used in combination with any other offer. These offers expire on September 30th, 2009. So call us now at 773-536-5432. That's 773-536-5432. Today's message is brought to you by www.lecidas.com. I got my mind made up. Ain't nothing going to stop.
7: Never felt no brain, no. But the reason for all this energy is because I feed off the power of faith, optimism, and positivity. And in case you didn't know it, the fun has started, and all efforts to maintain it cannot be done half-hearted. Now recognize, they say time flies when you're having fun, but I say the more time you got for fun, the less time flies. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing, the flowers are blossoming, oh something great is happening, and I'm feeling good, I got my mind made up, ain't nothing gonna stop me from feeling this way, and I'm feeling good, ain't nothing going with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day, I'm feeling good, I want bored with so much now that I've learned to appreciate, and I'm feeling good, I'm grateful, Life never so great. But the reason for this smile on my face And why I appreciate every breath Is because I'm surrounded by a lot of love and respect Plus I realize the more we appreciate The more we get back And that's not theory, it's fact But you want to know the real reason Why I'm just grinning and cheesing It's simply because I'm still breathing. The sun is rising. The birds are starting to sing. The flowers are blossoming. Oh, something great is happening. And I'm feeling good. I got my mind made up. Ain't nothing going on. me from feeling this way. And I'm feeling good. Ain't nothing going with a good thing. And I'm making history on this thing. I'm feeling good. I've been born with so much now that I've learned to appreciate and I'm feeling good. A great day to be alive but Life never felt so great. No. But the real reason I'm excited is because I recognize negativity and know exactly how to fight it. Plus, it's by my conscience in which I am guided. I am way too blessed to be stressed. For me, nothing is impossible. I am too reluctant to succumb to the pressures of worldly obstacles. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing. The flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening. And I'm feeling good. Got my mind made up, ain't nothing going to good. I'm feeling this way. And I'm
3: feeling good. Ain't nothing
7: wrong with a good thing. And I'm making history on this day. I'm feeling good. I've been born with so much now that I've learned to appreciate it. I'm feeling good. A great day to be alive but this life, never felt so great. Good.
1: And this is your host, Sonia Perdue. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Network.com on Blog Talk Radio. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Press the number one if you would like to speak to one of our guests or if you have a comment. That was one of our supporters, Diva's Catering Service. And the owner Hussein Hill is a CBBN member. Please call them for all of your catering needs. We've been hearing some really great things about their food and their service. The offer mentioned in the mentioned in the announcement has been extended to December 31st. As a matter of fact, we're on the line with Hussein Hill. You also heard from a young man out of Las Vegas. Inspire. The song was a new discovery, and I find the lyrics to be something great. Inspire's presentation is great and refreshing. Uh, let's bring them to Chicago. Visit uh, Inspire on our site at Chicago's Black Business Network. We're going to go back to the telephone now. Hussein Hill is on the line with us. Ron Carter is our guest this evening from Black Wall Street Chicago. And uh, Mr. Carter, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about South Street Journal and what you guys do over there.
6: Well, again, uh South Street Journal was an idea uh that derived from uh public housing residents of Robert Taylor Homes here in Chicago. And I was at that time a uh, community organizer in transition working with the uh, Chicago Defender. Uh so but with the uh, the original mission of uh, South Street Journal, and that was for it to be an organizing tool for the community. Initially, it wasn't uh, the newspaper wasn't started as a for-profit business. Uh, it was to be a public organ for public housing residents here in Chicago, and I brought I came in and brought it to to expand beyond public housing to serve the Bronzeville community of chicago but it just so happens as we our initial purpose was to be a community newspaper the issues started to be black related so we began to be more of a black newspaper not by design but because of the economic and the politics that was surrounding the community that there were on racial lines based on the stories that we printed. So we became to be more of a progressive, uh, as we call it in the newspaper business, cutthroat type of newspaper because we hit hard on the issues and we did not hold back. And doing that um, is almost like when you're an elected official, uh, when I can use uh, our current president Sometimes Barack Obama just can't be the president. Sometimes he just got to be the black president. And even with the media, uh, looking at the Chicago Defender, it just can't be a newspaper. It just so happens to be a black newspaper. And sometimes elected officials, they can't look at themselves as being just an elected official. They just so happens to be a black elected official. So that comes with the territory of, uh, I can't even say even with uh, the Black Business Network. Because of the issues are a little bit, uh, a lot different from other uh, ethnic or other communities, is that there is a Black Business Network opposed to just a business network. And South Street Journal so happens to to, to fall in that same frame of mind of being a black newspaper. So we have not uh, shined away from the hardcore issues. Uh, we, we go straight to the issues. We, we do not cut our tongue. We're not sold or, or bought off by special interests. And sometimes we have to bite the hand to feed us. Uh, we looked at one issue when we first started was the Illinois State Lottery, and we looked at the Illinois, the Illinois State Lottery as a, a as a tool to actually pimping the black community based on the purpose of the Illinois State Lottery, and we called the question. And as we did, we was told that we would not get any advertising from the Illinois from the state of Illinois because of the position that we took. And it wasn't just the state of Illinois. It was the corporate America. It was uh, uh, different banks from Harris Bank to even Chase Bank. When we said that Chase Bank was a, uh, a, a slave-driven institution that actually from a Morgan, uh, uh, Morgan Chase, when they had slaves, we called the question. So sometimes there have to be a medium that actually is not afraid and go head up with the issue. It has been uh, costly for us to be as aggressive as we are, but that is just the absence because there's not enough aggressive newspapers that hit the issue straight on. When we said in 1994 that the uh, city of Chicago is doing a plan, to remove so many black folks and to increase uh, the white population, we ran that story and we ran hard with it. And that sometimes is being a tool. The benefit of the the non-benefit is being a black publication is that you have to kind of hit those issues real strong. Now, if a white publication hit those stories, then they would write those stories and that's it. But we have an obligation to follow that story and and follow the lead, uh, as you would say, follow it, the the money from A to Z. Where is the benefit and how is it affecting the long term of our stability? So what we do is we work closely with the the, the progressive community organizations and community organizers as we do the stories, which is no different than the Chicago uh, Tribune. When they stated that they was going to support uh, George Bush over uh, uh, Al Gore for president, they did it because they had an agenda in which we interviewed the Chicago Tribune, and they stated, well, um, we are Republicans. It's the blacks that abandoned the Republican Party, not us. We're staying focused, and our focus is that it's time for a Republican to take the White House and that's just the bottom line. No matter how good uh, President Clinton was, so they stay focused on their agenda, and they don't have to be looked at as a white publication, but as a publication. When we do that and look out for our interests, we are established as a, a black publication. We don't have no qualms with that, but we know that sometimes there's double standards, and with that, there is a cost factor because a newspaper do supposed to be about the business and we understand how the newspaper industry overall is being uh threatened with the technology but we still stand focused and so that's the in-depthness uh generally of what South Street Journal is and what we're about and even as we are the founders of Black Wall Street we have been founders of other uh activist type of movements that came out of the black press. And if you look at it, the black press, for the most part, has been an instrument to engage the community into action, not just for the black press, but any press. is That's somewhat their role. Sometimes they are to report the news, but sometimes they become part of the news as well, no different as I gave the example about the Chicago Tribune. They made the news when they said George Bush needs to be the next president. So they engaged their editorial content to that direction. And so we don't uh, have no qualms about being unapologetically black in the content of South Street Journal.
1: And to address what you just said and said so well, uh, you don't have fear, Of being black but across the board there's a lot of fear being black sometimes the president is afraid to be black sometimes our newspapers are afraid to be black for economic reasons and reasons of retaliation sometimes our people working in corporate America in human resources wow that's a big one in all different positions are afraid to be black Mm -hmm. our politicians are afraid to be black Mm -hmm. across the board our people depending on where they are in the in the corporate structure, in the business structure, are very afraid to be black. That's a vital issue, and I'm going to bring that up on another show uh, and give some, some solid examples of that. There is a great fear in us to be black, oh, yeah. and you do pay a great cost for being black. You can be in a corporate law firm. Look at the law firms that uh, Obama and his wife came out of. Those type, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm familiar with those law firms. Sometimes you're afraid to be black Mm -hmm. in those law firms. You have to be someone else. And and that's not who we are, but that's who we're pretending to be. Uh, Almost in any situation, we'll talk about that in the future, and if you can stand up to that, then you're really standing up to that because, you know, you will not get any economic support. And although uh, you may speak of one Thing that's going on in the so-called majority community, the word will spread around that community not to support you, and you will not get any funding.
6: But oh, then, we have heard well, that. We have heard that actually told to us directly.
1: When you, oh, that it, it would be no secret. That's that's how you work it. That's how you put your foot on people. But
5: mm-hmm.
1: what when, when we live if we live with that kind of fear in our hearts and in our day-to-day business and in our day-to-day lives, and we do then that says to us once again, that's another element of how powerless we are when we cannot mm-hmm. speak what we feel, when we cannot do what we feel, when we not can we not when we cannot call an ace for an ace and a spade a spade because of repercussions. So that mm-hmm. that speaks to what our powers how powerless we are. When mm-hmm. we cannot do that, when we cannot defend ourselves, when we cannot define ourselves. To any extent, and that's almost how bad it is to me because of that. In that fear, that fear is great, Ron. It's really great with Oh
6: yeah, it's very, it's very great. I mean, I have to one day we have to tell you some stories. The fear gets so that it almost became physical a few times. Absolutely,
5: absolutely. (laughs) So, um, uh,
6: so. South Street Journal realized that, and you know, you, you do get to a point where you you would like to take the position of what's for use, but it has a lot to do of how thick your blood is, and that's <laughs> as thick as that blood is, you, you, you keep your eyes on the prize of, of what you're doing, and even to uh-huh. the point that you have those uh, uh, those people around you, when you say time's up, then they say the time is not up. You need to stay focused, and that's some of the uh encouragement that keeps you focused and keeping you want to uh maintain your your position and that opposition is definitely there even to a lot of people that's close to you and uh, The nature of south street journal uh even my family sometimes have to tell me. Uh, this is off the record, <laughs> because if it ain't right, <laughs> I will put it in the paper. That goes for my mama, too. I have to put it in the paper. She said something out alive, lie, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but now we have fun with it, too. You know, okay. it, it, it's still the issues, but we definitely have and, fun. And-
3: and you cover exactly. more than
1: more than that. I'm sure you do some other things.
6: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, we we get personal with it. But uh, it, 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 we have developed with South Street Journal a a, a family of network that keep us uh, focused. That we and that kind of help the sincerity of us uh, forming Black Wall Street because some people understand the base of what South Street Journal is. Uh, to understand the base of where Black Wall Street is going. And that gives us some type of credibility because sometimes you want to know where is the root of this here uh, uh, campaign that you're going on to look at the sincerity. You're not always agreeing with it, but if you know that the root is uh, real solid and real firm, then you have no problem being open to it Even though you can be disagreeable with it, you still respect the root of it, and that's what we have developed with South Street Journal.
1: And you keep pushing forward, Hussein. Are you still on the line?
3: Oh, definitely. I I, I did everything I could not to say anything because a couple of different things you touched on that you know I want to jump on. Uh, Mr.
1: Carter, Hussein Hill. You just we just listened to. He's one of our supporters. He calls in almost every week when his, when his computer goes down. But uh, he's one of our <laughs> greatest supporters. You just heard his, his advertising, Ladivas Catering. He is a, a, a black entrepreneur in our community. And uh, tell, us, tell us what you think about the uh, economics.
3: My pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. So, Mr.
1: Carter what you think about the economics of the black business in the community, Cucine, oh, or whatever my. may be on your mind.
3: All will touch on that, I'm looking at the clock. You only got too much to say, oh, hurry up with this. Uh, first thing first. First thing is that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fear, but at the same token, uh, when well, I say token, that's kind of 40 and flip. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go right, so that's where I was going to go with this. Uh, okay. We have some folks out there uh, who will sell us out. This, according to Hugh Gatney, he's that there were 365 failed attempts back when we were back in, in, on the Masters Plantation in the physical, not in the Corporate America Plantation, but on the real plantation back in the 1800s that were failed because some Negro uh, tricked us, sold us out. Correct. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I run into the uh, relatives of these people, even to this day,
5: mm-hmm.
3: and they're willing to sell us out, uh, not for an extra pork chop, but for a little bit more, but, you know, the mm-hmm. Christ we sold out for 30 pieces of silver. So Mm -hmm. what the heck, I guess the price has gone up to sell us out, but being sold out is what we're being. By people who look like us, but all people who look like us ain't us. Right. And the part that y'all did not say, because I keep it real, because today is telling like it is Tuesday, and the other part of that story is, it's untold, is that it's our own individual fear of each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because I call call people every single day, and... Mm -hmm never before in the history, of my 51 years on this planet, have I just felt the vibration, let alone what people say, what they say in the tone of their voice, what they say in how they even answer the phone, that they're just so distrustful and so fearful of your own. Now, like I said, there are sellouts. There are reasons to be afraid, but you have to have, you can't be afraid of everything and everyone. Life wouldn't be worth living. Well, you know,
6: I think that when you when you bring it actually home, I was, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was with my family reunion, doing our family planning for our next reunion. You know, we was in a meeting of about 20 of us in the family meeting discussing where we were going to have our next banquet. I took the position that we are not going to have our next banquet at a non-black establishment. If we have to have our uh, next banquet at a non-black uh, banquet establishment, you better make sure that that establishment not hire black people. And if that establishment do not hire black people, I'm going to boycott my family, family reunion. I am not going to sit in <laughs> here and, and, and allow us to take this uh, $4,000 and take it to some institution that don't even hire us. So I'm taking it upon myself to make a stand at my family reunion that we're going to spend this money in some black establishment. I had a big argument. People cracked jokes on me, made fun of me, you know, but I said you can crack the jokes and you can make fun all you want. I bet you one thing, this family ain't going to have no family reunion at a non-black establishment, so we're going to find one whether we like it or not. It was different debate about it, but the bottom line, that fear and, and, and that sellout is sometimes when people don't know that they're selling out. And when you go to these doggone banquets and uh, outside the community and when you see all these people serving, non-black, that is a sellout. So we got to be very conscious of uh, things that we don't think we are. They don't think that they're a sellout. But, the, but what they're doing is set an example for our family youth to say that we're not good enough to support our own. So Absolutely. we got to set an example and not being the enemy within. And so that is one of the first things, and I made it my point, that our next family reunion will not be at a non-black establishment unless that black establishment has some ongoing employment for black people.
1: Absolutely. You have to start with self. We're going to wind down our show. We have another caller on the line. I'm going to give her a few minutes, and then we're going to close out the show. Caller on 2878, you're on the line. Hello? Are you there? Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, you're on the line. Can you hear us?
2: Yes, I can hear you.
1: Okay. Did you have a comment for Mr. Carter?
2: Um, I didn't really have a comment. This is Bobby Johnson calling back. Uh, Hello, Jimmelita- Bobby Johnson. Hello, baby. Uh, Jimalita Tillman just called me. No, she texted me and said she's having problems getting through. Um, the, the executive director of uh, Tobacco Road. Oh okay. So I'm just I'm letting you know that, and uh, I know you ain't got but, but four more minutes, but I just. Sent her another email telling her to call the number again that um, I sent to her and press one to talk to mm-hmm. the host. This
1: mm-hmm. is what we'll do for Miss Tillman. Uh, we'll schedule her, schedule her to be on next week's show. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. And that way she can have her own show. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> right on. Uh, we'll, we'll, yes.
1: we'll We'll make some. We'll make some time for her next week. All right.
2: Yeah, and Ryan, I just wanted to I wanted to uh, congratulate you on your work and we had our little talk a few last week about yes, what we I'm did. doing. Yeah, oh, yes, we're gonna we're we gonna bring it we're gonna bring it all together. Okay. Um, because you know forty seventh street is a black wall street too, you know that.
6: Right. And uh okay. we definitely got to make that happen. Uh and I'm willing to step up to the plate in whatever direction you need for us to do so. And uh, the
2: direction I need you to to take is get with Jim Alita.
6: Okay. uh, All right. I'm making my decision to give her a call tomorrow.
2: Get with her. And then we are going to take that 47th Street tip because the way the lines is drawn, it's the, it's the, it's the civil rights piece. It's like, it's like, um, Sweet Auburn in Atlanta. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, Ms. Johnson, Ms. Yes, Carter, ma'am. Mr. Hill, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us today. This is Sonia yeah. Purdue with Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com. I'm going to make arrangements with each and every one of you to be back again, and I do appreciate it. We have so much work to do, and your hearts are in it. I can feel that, and we're going to yeah. be back, and we're going to focus on some issues and specific topics, And we're going to bring some more people forth, and we're going to continue this communication. That's what I'm here for, and I appreciate each and every one of you. It's time for us to close out the show. Join us again next week, Tuesday at 7 p.m. This is Chicago's Black Business Network on Blog Talk Radio. Everyone, we love you, and have a great, great evening.
6: Thanks for having me on. Okay. Bye-bye. Good
1: night, everyone. Good night. We are appreciative of all of our friends, listeners, and members who joined us today. We welcome your thoughts and comments at CBBN at blogtalkradio.com. This is a learning process for all of us. Let's grow and learn together. You are surrounded by resources and tools to take you to the next level in life and business. You don't have to make the journey alone. Join us at Chicago'sBlackBusinessNetwork.com and touch the world. The music in the opening announcement is Bass Vibes. The closing piece is Shades of Spring. Both were written and composed by Kevin McLeod and can be listened to in their entirety on our site. Thank you and have a wonderful night.